Moves, welcome back. It's Haruka again. Today, I wanted to talk to you about back in the makeup series, what I use for cheek products. And this one, when I decided to record this just now, I kind of just smiled at myself and went to my room and picked up the one cheek item that I use because this is probably the only direction in which everyone would agree that I'm fairly minimal, kind of the one step behind having nothing, which is that I have one cheek item, that's it. And let me explain to you how I got here. So I have not always been a cheek person and that's why I don't really have much and I don't have a bronzer, I don't have highlighters, I don't have a contour palette. Um, yeah, I'm including all those in the cheek section. The general kind of set of products that go into the cheek face broad area that is not foundation or anything like that. And so I'll be talking about the foundation bit later and I might fold in some skincare dimensions to that as well and primers. But this is kind of after you've put that foundation, the other things you add to make your face look lively and sort of like a party on your face, if that makes any sense. And I love, I love all of those things. But looking at the reality of 2020 and as we get ourselves into 2021, I don't really foresee really being able to do much with my cheeks. Not so much because no one will see it, but because everything will just kind of get messed up with a mask and I don't want to stain my masks. Some of my masks are lighter colors and I don't want to really leave so much product on there. And that's kind of why I don't really have other products as well as, so there was this one highlighter from Marc Jacobs that was more than half off that I have loved for a while from afar, of course, because I've never used it. And I thought about getting it, but then I decided against it because at the end of the day, I've noticed that a lot of those cheek products, unless you're getting like a halo scope or I forget what exactly it's called, but I think it's called something like that from Glossier or I think Milk has a similar product like that. There really aren't super compact products in that kind of arena. And I'd rather not pile on larger items that only do one Thing if I can avoid it. So that's kind of my logic for not having all of those things. Again, as usual, no judgment for anyone in either direction. If you don't wear anything aside from foundation or not even that at all, that's also pretty much my day-to-day -day in general. I think that it's good to let your skin breathe. And if you swing the other way and you contour your face every day, I would love that skill and energy and dedication. So please, I celebrate every choice in either direction, I guess, is what I'm trying to awkwardly say. But moving on into my own decision-making process, I wound up with a product, the one product that I have right now, originally starting off with sort of testing out the Tarte. I feel like everyone has this product. It's the Tarte dark, slightly darker blush that I think everyone has this because Sephora, I think, gives out with the reward points. It was either a reward points product or a birthday product. I don't really remember, but I definitely got it for free. And I tried one out for a while and I wasn't really a fan of the sort of powder look. And this might already clue you in on what the product that I have right now. It's the Glossier Cloud Paint in Beam. And that's the one cheek product that I have. So... I wound up here after some research and putting the quote marks around it because, yes, you guessed it. It was just watching YouTube videos, which is so fun and such a waste of time. 
for me because I don't do anything related to stage makeup, performing doesn't really matter. So I really should not be spending my time there. But what I did realize from what reviews people had about the cloud pain is that it is long lasting. It's extremely compact and you can apply it with your fingers or you can use a blush or a beauty blender. And I think you can also use it as a lip stain if you want to. I haven't really tried that. So maybe I should. My lips get chapped so easily. So if anyone has any recommendations on how on earth to handle that, please drop them in my earlier moment to promo my Insta. It's minimal moves by H, no spaces, no underscores. And I would love to hear from you there because I have seen a significant improvement in that arena this year with a friend introducing me to the Glossier bomb.com. But until then, I had Yes and the Sinful, I don't really know what to call it. I have used the EOS round ball thingies that I know is horrible for your lips now. I've used Carmex, which I also feel like I've heard people say that it's really bad for you. I, I just can't really figure out the whole not having chapped lips I mentioned. And so I'm a little bit fearful of experimenting with things that are supposed to go to other parts of my face on my lips, but I'm sure it's going to work fine with clown paint. I think people say that they do that. And what I really like about this product are the things that people did talk about. So a really small amount of product goes a really long way, but you can also layer it on and you don't look like a complete clown. At least I don't think so. Maybe I do, but I mean, as long as I don't feel like I do, that's really what matters because I think that also with all this makeup talk, I mean, obviously it doesn't matter if you're a person who wears makeup or not. And I also don't think people can, people can tell if you put in a lot of effort for sure, but I don't think people can really tell if you've put in, put on a little bit or not at all. And I don't think it really matters. I've kind of tested it out with my various gendered close friends. And my conclusion is that your classic heterosexual men who don't wear any makeup, they can tell if something looks good or bad, but they can't discern whether or not that's makeup or it's just you looking good or bad. Does that make any sense? I don't know if that's really reassuring. I hope it is, but like Loki might not be. But point being, wear makeup for yourself and enjoy it. And if you're worried or if you aren't sure if it looks good or not, don't wipe it off. Just look confident and it'll look good. So that's my little little motivational moment there. I, I love makeup for the reason that it is. I wear the most ridiculous makeup. I would totally wear this blush, this beam blush, which is a fairly bright, it's a little bit of a coral touch. And I would wear that with blue eyeshadow, which I know doesn't go well, but if I'm feeling it, I'm going to wear it. And that's kind of, you know, what's happening that day. I also love this product because, well, first of all, so the small amount going a long way is fantastic. Also, because combined with the fact that this tube is so tiny compared to the other various products in terms of mass, I think it's at least one sixth, maybe one eighth of my eyeshadow palette in terms of size. It's about half of my mascara. Mascara? I think mascara sounds better, but that may not be American English. I'm not super sure. As you can tell, I spend a lot of time on YouTube. So, <laughs> and so I think that this product is fantastic for those reasons. I really like Glossier's branding. I think that overall, even though obviously it's a marketing scheme, but I think the idea that your skin but better, your skin but tailored, just kind of basing it off of not masking who you are, but adding onto it or adding your quirky little design onto it or just 
putting your own creativity or your own intentions. It doesn't need to be creative. I'm not creative at all with my makeup, but it being my own decision, what I put on my face is to me very empowering. And that's what I love about Glossier's branding is that overall they kind of go for this more natural look, yes, which I think is a little bit questionable because no one wakes up with perfect dewy glowy skin and immaculate brows and winged eyeliner and all that. But at the same time, I do cherish the idea that it's for you to shape and not for you to mask or no one's expecting you to hide all your blemishes. I like that idea. Just for background, I come from Japan. In case you haven't heard me say this 200,000 times, either on this podcast or in real life. And there are a lot of places, it's almost uh, either literally written into your contract requirement or uh, kind of an unsaid requirement in the workplace and within social groups and various settings to wear makeup, except in school where you're not allowed to sometimes. And I grew up not wearing any makeup at all, definitely not allowed at my school, not encouraged at home at all. I started wearing makeup around high school, actually right at the end of high school. Obviously, people wore makeup before that, but I didn't. And four days before prom, I learned how to wear makeup. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast. I won't really repeat myself there, but I really have loved everything about this process. Obviously, there are certain products that I can't buy and all that jazz, but in terms of how I came into makeup and how I continue to what drives me to do makeup is all about presenting myself in the way that I want to and I do not creative again I'm sorry for all those creative beautiful makeup artists out there I don't mean to say that I am anything like that but I do make my makeup choices that is like blue eyeshadow or layered on mascara or I love that word mascara Um, I love liquid eyeliner and I'm testing out this whole blush situation. I do want to dabble in highlighter at some point in my life, just maybe not right now. I love bold lip colors. I don't really wear them, but I love blue eyeliner. That's probably one of my favorite makeup items. I don't really have one on right now either, but I, I love that. And I just want to use this platform to advocate for if your circumstances allow. And I know if you're in certain positions or certain jobs, certain countries, certain cultures, certain household environments, you may not be able to dictate what you do. And that's not your fault, of course. But if you are in an environment where you get to make these decisions, I hope that you're enjoying it and that you don't feel like your friends are going to tell you or judge you for wearing makeup or for not wearing makeup, for doing makeup a certain way or not doing it any way at all. And also, I know that makeup is a highly, highly gendered thing. And I hope that if you have the desire to, you're able to dabble into makeup or go all the way in whatever capacity that you desire to, regardless of how you identify, where you come from, all that jazz. I also do recognize that at least this is something that I've found really hard. And part of the reason why I haven't really gotten into blush all that much, it's really hard to figure out what looks good on you. And I was going through Glossier's website and I was trying to identify what shade would look good on me. And some of them, they had people of my skin tone-ish. I'm fairly fair. That's another thing that I feel very blessed about is that I don't really care about my skin tone so much, aside from the fact that I don't want to sunburn because I'm worried about like skin cancer. But beyond that, I don't really care how dark or light I am. And I feel very fortunate about that and not having any source of a stressor around there. But I do find that it's sometimes hard to 
like shade match because I'm not the most represented population in the United States. And I don't really know what to make of that because statistically speaking, yes, Asian Americans, which I'm not, but are about, I think, 5.8% of the United States population. Last time I checked, which might have been around 2017, I think. But so I know that statistically speaking, yes, I understand that maybe my skin tone range will not always be represented also within the Asian American community and Asian community. There are people of various skin tones. So obviously it's tricky. I understand. And not all companies, maybe the Asian demographic is not their target, but I appreciate it when I can find those options that kind of look like me and I think sometimes Glossier had that, sometimes they didn't. So that's just, I guess, a little company background in terms of sustainability. So I don't think that Glossier is in in particular any bit sustainable or more so than your run-of-the-mill company. I do really like the fact that they don't have 2,000 options or the options that they have are fairly neutral, which I think is a good thing for a common person like people like me doing makeup situation because people are less likely to be so turned off by the specific products that they pick up. And so there is less likely to be waste. I like that about them. I like that they don't have excessive decorative containers because any additional plastic bit is additional waste going into most likely the landfill. So I like that about them. They're not the most sustainable brand in terms of makeup. I've talked about this in the other makeup episodes, but Elite Cosmetics is the one sustainable makeup brand that I've seen come up time and time again by different YouTubers, different sustainability folks, just everyone, one person who does talk about it, I believe is Ashlyn Eaton. So definitely go check her out and all the other YouTubers out there. I think that another company, and I don't know their exact name, is one that has to do with something moon. And I think they take sustainability to the next level because their products are zero waste, more so than the Late Cosmetics. The reason why I kind of push forward Late Cosmetics is because their products are kind of, with quotes around it, normal products. It's accessible to you and I, to the average user who doesn't really have the time to make specific arrangements to make sustainability a priority in the makeup realm, maybe, but want to make conscious choices. I think that's what's great about their products. Another company is RMS Beauty. I think that they're more focused on ethical products, not necessarily on the sustainability dimension, but I still think that their products, by the pure fact that they're focused on empowerment, natural makeup, clean beauty, that sort of thing, I think that they kind of wind up being a little bit more sustainable because so here's what they do. They have skincare and such as well. I'm looking at their website right now and The natural makeup is kind of their general branding. They have various products from foundation to lipsticks to anything in between. But what I've noticed is that they have this thing called the luminizer. It's either that they have the luminizer in various shades or that's kind of their general approach. So they go for your skin, but glowier. That seems to be, I don't know if that's their official motto. I don't think so, but that seems to be their general branding. And They have a lot of glowy products that are in very natural, nude-ish shades of various kind of levels of nude, if that makes any sense. And you can just put them on and you can probably, no matter what your skin tone, pick up any of their products and make it work somehow. It's just maybe just not their foundation. I've never used them, but I've also seen some more, maybe not sustainability, but ethical-oriented 
uh, influencers talk about them. And I think that because they go for the more natural route, you wind up with products that come with more sustainable packaging or you wind up with less products and therefore that's inherently more sustainable. It's just not buying as many things and cherishing the few things that you do have. So hopefully the more natural branding helps lean into the sustainability dimension as well. As you can tell, I'm struggling a little bit with the sustainability side because I don't know that much about it. Sustainable products in every dimension, of course, can be a little bit pricey and also a little bit not as commonplace. So that's why I haven't really gotten around to picking them up. I don't really know what their qualities are like, but it seems like they're pretty good and they work pretty well. So these are the products that I've seen around and yeah, I just wanted to fold them into this episode as well. But that's kind of it for my cheek products. I'm surprised I managed to talk for 18 whopping minutes about my cloud paint one product cheek um, system. As you can tell, I am pretty proud of the fact that I only have one product and plan to keep it this way. After I'm done with this one product or if I ever pass this on to someone else, which I might, I don't really know. I don't think I'm going to get a cheek product again. Honestly, I, I think it's kind of a more... For me, I want to use it while I'm a young professional, maybe, and I plan to phase that out over the course of my life just because of what I've seen growing up. That's kind of a mindset that I'm trying to figure out if it's sort of the sense that, oh, there are things that you can only wear when you're young or if it's actually something that I desire. So I'm trying to figure that out. But with that, I will close out this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to check in. We have a couple more makeup episodes left, so I can't wait to check in with you on those. And please follow me on Insta or send me any feedback there. I'd love to chat with you at Minimal Moves by H. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye, Minimal Moves.